Welcome to the Make Music Income Podcast with Stephen Bedall of the Production Music Academy and me, Eric Copeland of Make Music Income. In this podcast, we'll talk about our experiences in music licensing as music artists with online channels, our publishing and royalty incomes, and our combined over 40 years experience as music producers for hire. So let's get started with today's episode. All right, man. Well, uh, here we go with podcast number two. Um, it's been a busy week here. How about you, Steve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been a crazy week full of uh, surprises. Um, working on a composing contract here uh, right now uh, that I can't speak about unfortunately at the moment do not speak about it <laughs> but hopefully i'll be able to uh i'll be able to share something um about it uh later this month uh made my first taxi submission the other day nice yeah there was a posting about um an artist looking for like lo-fi bedroom pop type stuff so um, submitted like a few tracks to that uh which i was stoked about off to a good start with taxi um i did hear back from audio uh, the, about payments um, for anyone listening to this that didn't hear the last episode in a nutshell found out that some of my music uh, catalog was live on audio that's a-u-d-i-i-o.com it's a royalty-free uh, music library and uh, after I found out that it, my music was on there after initially uh, I thought that uh, we had inadvertently kind of um, I'd sort of burn that bridge because of conflicts over right. content ID. Uh, however, my music was there, uh, has, has been there since March and I've never received a payout. So um, reached out to them to get some clarification on that. And they got back to me saying that uh, the only pay out their artists once they pass a threshold of $250, which is fine. You know, I That's guess um, I think, I guess what kind of annoys me about it is that there's no, like there's no metrics uh, on the back end, you like you can't see the, the kind of stats you're getting or the or like what your downloads are or anything. So, um, kind of disappointing, but only when you compare it to like Artlist and Motion Array. Because yeah. when you really think about it, those guys aren't obligated to tell you anything about the download stats. It's literally like a privilege to get that information, um, and it shows a certain level of gratitude from the company side for their contributors and authors. So, um, well, I think you know. It's unfortunate when there's there's a lack of transparency. It just feels and you're, you're still waiting for that big art list announcement uh, that should come this month. You think? If the, the payout should come this month, um, and they said that they reset the the download clock at like a, at a December first. So that's going to be very interesting. It'll be really interesting, and I'll I'll definitely chat about that. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how that how that plays out. Um, but yeah, you know, it is it it is nice when you think about the fact that like you're not they don't owe you. Um, there's no like legality when it comes to like whether or not the company's going to tell you how many uh, downloads you're getting and stuff. So it's nice when you do get that information, um, and sort of disappointing when you don't because they've set a standard, you know, I guess in some way. Um, so anyway, uh, music's live on audio, and uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, you know, I'm happy for it to be there. Um, in other news, I watched the interview that you did with Tamara Bubble, and uh, I also watched uh, a very interesting live stream. Um, that the head of Taxi did. I think this is a video that's posted on the website. Um, it's very, very informative. Can you remind me what his name is again? I always forget. Michael Laskow. Michael Laskow, right. Cool dude. Um, yeah. So he did this live Great stream videos. and it was for new Taxi members. 
And yeah. I watched that. I thought it was really interesting. There's some really good takeaways from that, as well as your interview uh, with Tamara Bubble that everyone should go watch, by the way. And and my second video on Taxi as well, which I think was a, a nice response to my first video on Taxi and to a lot of people's first take about Taxi. When you get into a reality, and when I did that interview with that guy, it, there's, some, there's some realities that you have to think about when you look at the money versus just... Well, I, you know, the old, I'm not going to pay somebody to pitch to them. And there's a lot more to it than that, I think. Yes. that Yeah. I should, I should have mentioned that that's a really good video. And ultimately your second video on taxi is what sold me on getting a membership. So, um, I'll, uh, I'll expand on some thoughts I had about, about the interview. Um, but, uh, I'll, I'll pass it over to you, man. What's going on with you? Um, well, why don't you also give me your November stock report because I'm going to give you my November stock report. I mean, I know we did that in the discord, but for our podcast audience, let's talk about our stock. Uh, and you go first, how, how things went because you had a pretty spectacular month in one library. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's weird, man. Cause like I haven't, like I look back at uh, my submissions and I hadn't submitted anything since, um, since, uh, early September or sorry, late September. To anywhere? to anywhere to uh to in since early october i guess um and uh yeah i don't know time just flew by i was like really it's been that long but i hadn't submitted anything anywhere so no action at all on any libraries except uh for emotion array um so it's interesting the you know the the one track that seems to have really taken off there is a corporate track that i wrote um and it's kind of like a corporate house track has kind of like a house electronic beat um I, by the way i meant to tell you i i am absolutely going to use that as a reference track and do an exact copy of that kind of track and put it up to my motion array and see if because i've had stuff like that get rejected by them that i've done that sounds just like that right well i'm just I, gonna have to make sure i use a suspended symbol to start it apparently. <laughs> yeah I, was, I laughed at that i saw that in the discord this morning i laughed at it because because it is something that i've I've put in like a lot of my tracks it's just that symbol opening um yeah, I man i don't know what the secret sauce is for uh for, for these tracks i just write them and sometimes they do really well and sometimes they they don't do anything usually it's like the case that the ones that i'm the most stoked about don't do well um yeah, sure. but anyway so this one just kind of blew up and uh and it's yeah it's at the top of I think it, I don't know if it still is, but it, it's uh, you know algorithmically it's uh, it's at the top of the list for the corporate uh, ca- uh, uh, category. So anyway, it did well. Fifteen uh, fifty, I think, was the was the total uh, U.S. dollars for for November, um, okay. which was really really. Uh, he, he means fifteen hundred, folks, not fifteen dollars and fifty cents, uh, which is what you usually expect from from uh, from stock. And I do. I probably did about a third of that across all my libraries. But I approached this. I approached stock in in a different way. My November stock report was my second best of the year, and I've I've continually averaged about five to six hundred somewhere across all the libraries. But I approach stocks so much differently than anybody. But I even made a few dollars in Dreams Time and in deposit photos. Pond Five was pretty good, less than a hundred bucks, but that's a lot for Pond Five. I think. Um, my motion array was down a, a smidge from last month, but still 300 ish, something like that. And then, um, uh, I had some audio jungle stuff as well. So I have at least five or six. And if you include song trader in that and, and 
I, I, I had six or seven libraries pay. And um, but see, I approach stocks so differently than other people approach it because I throw everything in there, everything, anything that I don't write for stock. I, I write what I write. And if and I put classical stuff in there, I'll put uh, jazz stuff in there, I'll put solo piano stuff in there, I'll put goofy Christmas stuff, goofy Halloween stuff, you know, um, I just do my thing. Uh, I Someone was, uh, one of my clients I'm kind of consulting with right now, he's looking to get more into stock and he's like, he had sent something into Motion Array, one song, instead of, I, I think you need to send five songs into Motion Array, but he sent one song in, he's waiting to hear back. And it was this piano thing that was kind of um, just a similar idea that was just repeated a bunch of times. He said, I just heard, listened to what they were doing on piano on Motion Array and I did the same thing. And I never do that. I am, I am terrible at using reference tracks or templates or anything like that. I just make what I want to make. Now, that's sometimes good. You'll, you'll, you probably have a chance to hit get a search in and search if you do lots of different things. But I think what you do and what a lot of people do who really focus on a genre, and if you go through your motion array channel, there's a bunch of similar type things. So you probably get, if you get the number one thing there, people see you as an author and they go to your channel and you have more of those kind of things they want. And mine, if they find something they like and they go to my channel, the next thing they find is going to be like the next opposite. So they may not be able to find everything in my library like they could in a library where they're looking for a bunch of lo-fi. I mean, they're looking for a bunch of that to continually use on their on their videos. And they say, oh, this guy, Stevie B, he's always got cool lo-fi and diggable stuff like that. And only, I mean, it's not that you don't stretch out into other things, but... You know, I would say, what, 60, 70% is that similar kind of groovy, well, you could, type Yeah, I mean, there's different genres in there, but they're, you know, I'm writing for, I'm writing for, like, the library, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's what you're saying, is it's like, I'm not writing you are. just whatever yeah. I want and, and, and submitting it. I'm writing for success on that library. And I'm writing whatever I want. So I'll, I'll just I'll just uh, play it that way. And I do that kind of in sync as well, in sync licensing. I write the libraries I want to write and then sell them. And that's not the way Jesse and all them tell you to do it. So, But anyway, I consider that a, a good a, a good bunch of money. If I can get five, six hundred bucks a month from just throwing everything that's not being used in sync or not being used or was written for some other reason and getting uh, somewhere somewhere needs a piano version of the national anthem somewhere somewhere somebody needs a a goofy Christmas sounding song or whatever so but anyway uh, still nothing from the Chinese libraries uh, as far as uh, this month and nothing from of course the also rands motion elements music grid and motion ridge not if that's even a thing um (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah like i said i released the uh like you said i released the video from artist to sync superstar with tamara bubble and that was life-changing if you're a an artist of any kind who has slammed their head against the wall for for years as a uh trying to do gigs and trying to busk and trying to just do all sorts of stuff you got to read her book too because it is spectacular read what she doesn't do enough that you want is really explain her business but i think all this was written uh to get you going and i think she'll probably write another book about how to run a sync business probably knowing her yeah very motivated 
individual. I like it. You know, those are the kind of people I like to surround myself yeah. with. It makes me, you want to be more. I don't find many people that do more than me, but she does. Um, I had some signings this week. I had two songs signed to Crucial Music, which is a nice non-exclusive library, and they're very hard to get in. I've probably tried to do I've probably sent in 20. They only take three songs at a time, and it takes them a month or two to get back to you. So it's a, it's slow going getting stuff in there. Um, and there's no there doesn't seem any rhyme or reason to what they take. But they took um, two different Christmas type of songs. One's a kind of a retro uh, – well, I guess they were both kind of retro Christmas songs. One was more orchestral instrumental, and one was a vocal uh, 60s type it's time for Christmas again. Yep, that's going to get in your head. Was it you singing? Yeah, me and a, a friend of mine, yeah, a, a, a singer I use a lot. And we're doing the very Perry Como singers type of thing, you know. And uh, it's it's a big hit around the house. We sing it all the time for anything. It's time for breakfast again. I mean, we, we do that for that's what we do here. Um, but that makes about four out of about 20 submissions I've sent to them. And there have been some big uh, cuts. My friend Ed Hartman, who I did an interview with, he's he had a big cut in a movie um, from Crucial. And so, uh, and they're non-exclusive, and it's a, and it's only a two-year window for the. I think I think it's a two-year deal. So, um, pretty cool. And cool. Then, I mean, um, it's kind of a rarity to have a non-exclusive library in the uh, in that. I'm trying to find more of them. It's I I really want to go non-exclusive as much as possible this year, and uh, I'm going to continue feeding my my uh, my exclusive libraries for sure. As a matter of fact. I got asked to write some new stuff for one of my libraries that's signed, that's has a deal with Sony BMG. But this deal they have, they just signed a new deal with Universal, and they want uh, me to sign me to write some stuff for that. And then I'm also working on a classical al- piano album for them, and a I'm tracking, I'm prepping to track starting next week for a country album of all things for them. So that's going on. And then Taxi News, I submitted seven in November. One was forwarded um, so far. I'm waiting to hear on four others. And uh, one, one of the ones that wasn't forwarded, I've already got in Motion Array, and I'm feeding all the others to my, uh, to my, other, um, my other stock libraries and non-exclusive libraries. I'll probably pitch one to Crucial. And uh, I just, you know, it's like anything. You pitch it to Taxi, they don't take it or it doesn't get forwarded or even if it does, maybe. You go ahead and put it in your library, your non-exclusive libraries. Anything you can take out, you know, you go ahead and keep pitching. But if it doesn't get forwarded, send it off to Crucial Music. If it doesn't go there, you know, send it off over here. Um, there are some that you want to be careful not to forward too much. I did have someone on my on my Make Music Income YouTube channel ask me if you can submit to uh, multiple stock libraries at the same time? And the answer is absolutely yes. Um, you can't do that with exclusive libraries. You don't want to send exclusive libraries the same album and five of them get back to you and you go, oh, I can only choose one. And that can be a recipe for disaster. Yeah. But for non-exclusive stock libraries, you absolutely can. You can apply them all and you can send them all to all the libraries. Sometimes Audio Jungle seems to be one that I have to rename some things sometimes to get stuff in. Oh, man, don't even get me started on their naming, <laughs> naming conventions. I don't know how many uh, uplifting, inspiring orchestral trailers I have it's on so there. Probably goofy a, a dozen now. The, 
But, you know, other places like Motion Array, they definitely want a title. Pond5 definitely wants a title, you know, and so I like that better. Um, and other than that, um, I, I've got about five or six taxi submissions to do this month, and I'm using some guest players from Nashville this month. We're right, we're doing some things with some percussionists and some uh, some a bass player. I did a thing the other day for with a bass player on it. So uh, doing some different things for taxi. We'll see how that goes this month. And then um, everything else, uh, make music income video channel, the Discord, which is growing. You know, it's over 200 people running around. In there. I know, man. It's amazing. And uh, So go to our Discord channel in the show notes below and join up if you're listening to this and you want some community. It's a lot of fun. We have we talk about all sorts of things in there. And I'm adding channels all the time. I've added a music uh, education channel. I've added the stop, the sync licensing channel. I've added the podcast channel. We've got all sorts of channels. Yeah, I, I wrote my life story down on the on the, on the <laughs> music education or the education. That was hysterical. <laughs> Imagine uh, Steve as like uh, Sylvester Stallone in a truck driving across Alaska, the hard drinking truck driving guy. I don't see that. Okay. So that's about the end of my update. Uh, I'm I'm starting to prep my consulting stuff, but as you know, trying to come up with like you do with your production music academy, uh, planning all that and deciding how to do it correctly is a lot of brain power. So I'm still figuring out the consulting package, but I'm working on it. So and a new website. Oh, and I have clients. Um, so <laughs> so do you, you know. So and you teach and all that other stuff. So we we do a lot of things, but. Um, I think it's important that we we talk about what happened to us in this week because that shows you how busy you can be uh, when you're working hard at this stuff and all the things that can happen and the opportunities just are, are myriad. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, speaking of those different streams of income, maybe we should, uh, we should chat a little bit about that. Yeah, let's move into our our topic of the day, which is still kind of introducing this, this podcast, and that is how we, how Steve and I both make music income, not together, uh, not yet, but uh, how we each make music income. And, and maybe that will help you who are listening to figure out what you can do to make music income based on what we have done and how we got there making that. It might be interesting to say. So we're each going to do our top five uh, music incomes from five uh, being the to, to number one, which is the, the way we wake, make the most income every month, you want to say? So uh, you go first because I got to call up my my list here. Well, I don't number have five. a list. I don't have a list written down, but I know I know what they are. Um, I actually did a okay. video about this uh, um, a little while ago. I, well, seven streams of income, but we'll we'll narrow it down to five here. My my least or my smallest stream of music related income would be ProductionTools.com, which is a website that I run that uh sells midi packs and uh and sample packs and it's very very small uh i'm working on uh, a bunch of new stuff but uh yeah i love doing it i it's 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 something i don't have a lot of time for um it's something that i've never advertised um in terms of like i've never paid for uh, any kind of advertising it's it's sort of a, a hobby in the sense that i don't get a lot of time to do it um but every once in a while i try to put a like an interesting midi or sample pack together um, long-term vision for it is like, I'd love to create, um, you know, much more elaborate sample packs as well as like contact instruments, uh, uh you know, sampled instruments. Like these, these are all things that I want to get into, 
get into in the long term. But right now, it's um, it just makes enough, basically, you know, that I can um, I can pay for the website and uh, and and then some. Like I think yeah. I, I ran a promotion uh, for uh, for Black Friday, and I think I made about a hundred bucks uh, last month. Um, not a not a ton of traffic, uh, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people download the, you know, the free, the free stuff on the website. So that's cool. There's a lot of freebies there. So go check that out. There's like some, uh, some free sample packs and, uh, and free MIDI packs. There's some free composing templates, uh, for logic. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a work in progress, but I, I just, I, you know, I have very limited, uh, time to, uh, to, to, to focus on it. And ultimately I'd love to, you know, uh, uh, grow it, but also hire people um, to help me out with it too. I know there's a lot of talented producers out there who, yeah, I know um, who do this kind of, of thing too, who are doing these MIDI packs and sample packs and uh, all that kind of stuff. I've never really had much interest in doing that, but I can see the I can see uh, how that might be an interesting thing to do to make money with, and you can pretty much completely do it by yourself and in your own home studio and all that kind of stuff. You don't need to go anywhere to do it probably my number five and number four are probably even depending on the month but number five is probably my streaming income from spotify and all you know all the see i have things going back to gosh back into the early the late 2000s from cd baby so i have cd baby um, and DistroKid and now and Song Trader. I use those three distributors, and the odd album sale from time to time on my Bandcamp. I have a jazz group that I've had for a long time, and I've made a lot of music with it. And uh, I have three albums out with that, or four, uh, about four or five different products, including two EPs and I think three al- three full albums. But anyway. Um, and so those sell enough to bring in some Spotify income every month or every other month. CD Baby probably doesn't pay me, but every other month because I don't, I, I have my thing set at $100. You got, I have to make $100 before they pay me. So it might be a couple months. Um, and then I have a second brand called Quiet Soul Piano, which is just solo piano stuff. And that makes much less, maybe a, a, a fourth of what the other one makes. But it's income. It comes in consistently, and it it hasn't slowed. Uh, and I continue to add albums to it. And um, so I just made fifty bucks yesterday from a streaming uh, one of my song trader accounts where I had uh, some streaming stuff. And uh, it was all off of one song, which is a little fishy because that song has not really been released. It's only been released. Uh, on, it, I mean, it's been released on Spotify, but I didn't make a big deal about it that much on social. The only other place it is is in one of the sync library, my exclusive sync library. So I'm wondering if it's somehow been heard or placed or something, and I don't know about it yet. That's the thing with sync licensing. I, I won't know how it how sync license. It's not going to be in these top five things because I won't know for probably another six months to a year if if I had things placed and until I get either something from my library that when they pay out the upfronts or my PRO when they pays in the back end. And sometimes you never know you're even on a show until you, you see those things. Yeah. But uh, streaming income, that that continues to be consistent. I've also started to stream a lot of my um, sync stuff that I'm sending out and um, uh, 
so that's that's my, my number five right now. Cool, cool. And I suppose that a lot of people have streaming income if you're an artist or any kind of producer who's put stuff up to DistroKid or CD Baby or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I got a little bit of streaming income trickling in every once in a while. Not very much, though. But uh, my streaming numbers went up this la- since I joined Artlist. My streaming numbers oh, yeah. shot cool. up, which is very, which is very cool. Um, and if you watch that interview with Tamara, she says her streaming. She's seeing her streaming grow and grow more as her, as she gets more of these sync yeah, licenses. Yeah, well, I, on TV I believe shows. that actually because uh, well, I mean, it's it's uh yeah, I mean, it's a thing because people Shazam your your tracks, and then they're also so, added to uh you know uh, these TV shows have their own playlists on Spotify. Yep. Um, this is what happened to a track of mine um uh, from my band, uh, one of the bands that I play in, Wooden Horseman. We had a placement on uh, on a television show, and they had a Spotify playlist, and you know it got a, it got a ton of streams. Um, cool. Not not a ton, but you know uh, it, it shot up. You know our, our monthly listeners shot up all of a sudden, so it was cool. Yeah, I mean, and you, you get a bunch of those, man. You can you know hopefully start cashing in on those streams. It takes a lot yeah. of streams, obviously, but okay. What's your number four income? Uh, well, number four, I guess I'll package um, the uh, teaching and and um and and gigging into into number four these are like the physical um you know activities that i do um that bring in some money uh for me i guess they're about tied in terms of the income that they bring in um i don't have a ton of students right now i have like eight guitar students and i don't play a ton of gigs either these days um i used to play um you know all the time but um yeah, I mean, obviously, with uh, with COVID and whatever, it's it's been it's been pretty quiet the last two years with that. But um, lately, I've been doing more gigs. Uh, this month, I have like a corporate gig uh, for a Christmas party, um, which is which is paying me, uh, you know, all right. And um, yeah, teaching is like probably brings in uh, a few hundred dollars a month. Um, that packaged with with gigs, uh, it's you know, it's 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 a nice little supp- supplementary piece of income uh, for me. Um, kind of like pays for like the groceries and all the bills and the, and the gas and stuff like that. It's nice. And it's, it's, it's a physical thing, you know, like I, I go out to other people's houses to teach. So, um, it's nice to get out of my, my apartment, my studio here and like go and actually, uh, communicate with other people and, and go to gigs and, and like, you know, uh, and, and get out and be social. So the, so I kind of think of them in the same, in the same sense. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. uh, and that would be my number four, I guess. Cool. My number four is, oh, and speaking of teaching, um, that is something that I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this podcast, that is maybe even number three, two, or one for them who are teachers, music teachers. And I think, um, you know, any, any music income is good in music income and music teaching is ho- hopefully something I, I hope to get into myself after finishing my master's in, um, in May. And, uh, but I'm sure it's a, it's a major, uh, income for a lot of people. I know, I know a few of my clients actually make their 100% of their living basically that way. Yeah. I know this guy has 45 students, you know, (laughs) um, my number four is royalties and publishing, which I kind of put together because that's what they are. Um, and, and sometimes they're bigger or less than streaming income, um, but that's you know it's, this is stuff from BMI or um, publishing that sometimes you get publishing royalties from Sound Exchange. Sometimes I get publishing royalties from 
um, a song trader for different things. Um, now we have the uh, the MLC, which is in the United States, which is the Mechanical Licensing Collective, and they are now collecting around the world royalties for your mechanicals. In other words, you used to only be able to get those things. You know, when you see CD Baby Pro, which is their publishing, or you see Song Trust or whatever. I don't know if you've seen these places, but their big thing is we collect all your mechanical royalties that P your PROs are missing because your PROs only collect performance royalties. Well, the the MLC was put together to start collecting those Spotify and different thing royalties that are that are in other countries and different places performance-wise. It was part of the big initiative that bill that passed in the states about, you know, making sure musicians get paid more fairly and stuff, and all that stuff is tracked. So um, now, so far, that's made me literally pennies, as far as I can tell, or a few bucks maybe. I don't even think I've made enough for them to send me a check yet, but. Um, that's one of the that's one of the publishing royalties, and sometimes that can be bigger. And I, and this one, the, the my PRO especially is one I'm expecting to grow as sync licensing the stuff that's in library that I've got in libraries now starts to get placed, and then I have back end uh, royalties there. So that could become, hopefully, you know, the, my second income uh, mostly, um, but we'll see. So that's number four for me. Awesome. What's number three? It's time for number three. Number three uh, would, you know, it's uh, it's a new one for me, but it's uh, this last year. Number three would technically be um, course creation, um, oh, yeah. and uh, and and yeah, you know, I mean, the well into COVID, I was like kind of sitting around wondering what I should do with my extra time because I wasn't really focusing on on gigging anymore, um, and. Uh, yeah, I thought, you know, what the heck, I'll give, uh, I'll make a little course about, you know, what I know um, on, on music production. And uh, the first one I did was sort of like a hybrid uh, uh, orchestral trailer kind of thing. And I, <laughs> I mean, it, it was a lot of work because I'd never done anything like that before. And uh, it took me three times. I like scrapped the first two that I did. Mm -hmm. um, and then I put the, I finally put it out and it did, it did pretty good. Um now I'm four courses deep. I'm about to do the fifth one. And is, and are these all part of your – do you include the Production Music Academy in this? Is this part of that income stream? Production Music Academy is so new. I mean, it's it only just launched uh, a month ago. But, um, but, but yeah, I mean, before that, it was all being done through Teachable. Um, and right. there was there was some interest in it, you know, and and, and it did pretty good. I think that um, I kind of established a bit of a rapport with everyone who took the first course, and so a lot of the people that took the first course took the second course, um, and they're all you know on on different uh, you know genres of music, and and I got a lot more planned for the for the next year, uh, which are all coming being released through the academy. So, so tell me, uh, as someone who has not set up a course before, I mean, I've 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 walked through Teachable before and stuff like that. But for instance, with your Production Music Academy course, Intro to Music Licensing, um, do you set that up now up inside the academy? And is the academy on a certain server on a certain kind of software now? Is that the Mighty Networks? Yeah, thing? Mighty Networks is the host. Um, for, for, for all things the uh, academy does and you can there's different types of packages you can get with uh, like with minor networks you can just pay for you know to have like a membership site but um, 
you can also there's also a tier which includes the membership plus you're able to host courses within uh that membership site so that's what i'm paying gotcha. for um and uh and yeah you can do all sorts of things in it um it's so far my experience with money networks has been pretty good and and again just because i'm a dummy in this and other people might want to know this who are listening you um you can, and by the way, there's a link below in the description if you want to find out more about the Production Music Academy. But um, do you just, it's basically just different uh, sections that are videos, right? They're all just videos. It's video content. Yeah, it's video content. But it's it's also, there's like some PDFs and stuff that are like lists of like, you know, my, my recommended sample libraries and plugins to use for a certain genre. Um, some, some written material, but mostly like, you know, 99% it's, it's video content. Yeah. And that's what you've seen from Daniel and other people as well. Is that? Yeah. Well, well, Daniel's course was the one that really got me thinking. I mean, um, his, uh, cause he has like a kind of like a, like a, a full on, um, you know, uh, course for, for like getting started, getting your foot in in the door with like stock music licensing. Um, and, uh, you know, I looked at the curriculum that he had and, and, and the way that he put it together. And I thought that was like a great idea. So he kind of was, I have to give him credit for kind of getting the ball rolling with the course stuff. I'm just like, oh, you know, it's, it's interesting that he, that, that he's done that. I, sh- I should give it a shot. But of course, mine is like focused on, uh, on production, like, you know, yeah. uh, squarely yeah. on production. And just in case anyone doesn't know, when we say Daniel, we talk about him all the time. Like you should know who he is, but in case you don't, and maybe if you're listening to this podcast, you may not, but we're talking about Daniel of stockmusiclicensing.com and you need to check out his site and his video channel on YouTube, especially if you are thinking about uh, starting into the stock music licensing game. He's the man. He's just the man. I mean, we're, we're also the man guys but he's the real man uh, about this and and he he has been doing this for a very long time much longer than i have i don't know about you steve but um he's been in this for years and years and years he's been at and, it forever man and he has been been pretty much documenting his journey from the start yeah. too which is so cool. from complete failure to doing pretty dang well now so yeah i love the, the fact that he it took him an entire year to get a, uh, his first sale on audio jungle i mean you got to give him credit for for the tenacity man like that's it's that's awesome well speaking of stock music licensing this happens to go right into my number three because that's number three income for me right now is stock music licensing um, non-exclusive music licensing. I, you know, to me, licensing is all licensing, but I'm talking about stock licensing that you would put in behind a YouTube video or might be used in a presentation. And that's one kind of licensing that is, is, is very good to get into. I did discover a new kind of music licensing you may have thought seen on, on some channels, and that is game music. Uh, and uh, there's a whole subgenre of videos and people into that kind of stuff. Not, I'm not talking about, well, yeah, I guess I am talking about gaming in any kind of genre, but there are stock gaming music sites. I hadn't even thought about that. So that's something maybe we should, we should investigate one time and say, is there a way to make income here? You know, there is, I think it's, I think it's, it's quite a bit different than the whole stock um, well, that royalty might free be library. really, you met, there's a guy who really focuses on this. His name is Steve Mellon, I think. Yes. Mellon or something like that. And uh, it, he might be a good guy to interview sometime for this channel. But um, that's another kind of 
quote unquote stock music that you can you can sell probably and uh, maybe even non-exclusively and uh, but that uh, has taken over for me this year uh, as far as stock music as far as uh, an income stream a year ago I did not have this income stream it would have taken several clients to make up the income stream I'm now getting from stock every month just by all the stuff I have in there I keep feeding that stock music library every month on purpose with anything that I make for any reason, unless it's for a, an exclusive pitch or something like that. But uh, yeah, that's that. And it, I wouldn't say it's growing, but I am getting paid more consistently from Pond Five. I'm seeing the dancing bear. When you get a when you get a sale with Pond Five, you get this little email with this little dancing bear gif and he dances around and you're like oh. and and it's almost like you have this reaction because it's so there's so few times you get paid you get a sale on pond 5 it's almost i have like, not seen the dancing, dancing bear you haven't seen the dancing polar bear in a while no i'm just saying i miss the dancing bear he hasn't come around <laughs> into my inbox in quite some time oh it's always a treat but I'm i haven't fe- i haven't fed the dancing bear in in quite a while so in fairness he's probably a little upset with me one of mine was a broadcast one, so it was like an uh, $80 Pond 5 sale, which is shocking, you know. Um, if I was doing a video right now, I'd put in a little a little video of Will Ferrell go, from Elf going, shocking. Um, but anyway, yeah, stock music is number three for me. What about number two for you? Well, uh, st- stock music is number two <laughs> for me. Um, Perfect. And yeah, it's climbed up the charts uh, this last this last <laughs> year. Um, uh, yeah, I've done, I've done, when did you start? Uh, I guess it's been about technically it's been about like five, five years since I, wow. I, oh, I, since I started doing it because, but I took a long break where I wasn't doing anything in that, in that realm. But I started working for a friend of mine who started a, a, a like a little boutique production library. Um, and that's when it really started. Uh, that's when I first uh, f- first started to do kind of like uh, sync tracks. Um, so since that was, yeah, probably pushed around five, maybe more, um, but around five years ago. But then long period of time went by where I didn't, um, I never even was, I wasn't aware of stock music libraries at all. Someone brought this up at actually at a show, backstage at a show. I was uh, doing a show with uh, this this guy who was a saxophonist and uh, we, he was also a, you know, composer and uh, he had a, a few credits uh, for film scores and stuff like that. And we were just, we were just, you know, um, talking and, and he mentioned that, uh, you know, he had, he'd put up some of his music on audio jungle back in the golden age of yeah. audio jungle. And he <laughs> like, he went from like zero to $2,000 a month, like almost yeah. immediately. And I was just like, damn, really? I was like, you know, never heard of it. I was like, so I'll check it out. Did, you know, I, t- I gave it a shot and submitted some tracks and they started to, I started to earn about like two or three hundred dollars a month, like right off the bat, uh, from Audio Jungle, and I was shocked. And that led me to uh, looking up some more information about it on YouTube. I found Daniel's channel, and then the rest was history. Here I am. Um, so fast forward to today. Uh, to today, I you know have um, uh, my my music in about five or six different libraries, and um, this last year was really good. You know, Motion Array accounts for a big chunk of that income. And um, I'm expecting a payout like uh, like we were talking about earlier from Artlist, which um, you know I'll, I'll definitely chat about and uh, and make yeah. And and that episode we should really talk about Artlist and Musicbed and 
all the diff, all that next level of of st- still it's it it probably could be considered stock music, but it's it's almost stock music mixed with Spotify mixed with licensing. I mean, it's it's different than Audio Jungle or even Motion Array. And and, and, and so. this is something yeah, this is something I talk about in the intro to music licensing course. Is it's like understanding the what a music library's brand is because there's there's so many different types. Um, and you're getting something totally different when you go to Audio Jungle and Artlist. Um, most people are aware of that. And they're all different. I mean, Motion Array is completely different than Pond5 or Audio Jungle. Totally and, different. But but know? they're all, at the end of the day, they're all royalty-free music libraries, yep. you know? So yep. they're, all this, they're all doing the same thing, just different, different branding and different, uh, you know, different uh, sort of flavors. All right. Uh, number two, uh, this uh, it, for me, and... This is probably going to go up and then down here soon in in what I do, but it's music consulting basically where I uh, work with artists, songwriters, composers, producers, and different people to help their career wherever it is to wherever they want to go. We we join forces for a while, and you could call me a coach. You could call me uh, a, a record label, consultant, whatever you want to do. Uh, It depends on what the person's trying to do. Right now I do consulting for artists who want to release music and they want to, or they want to write music, produce music, and then release music and market that music. And so I, I walk with them through all those steps as a consultant and sometimes the producer, but we'll get to that in a minute. And then uh, with a composer, let's say, they'll, they might be someone who's never composed for stock music and they want to get to the stock music world. Or they want to get into the sync licensing world and they need to learn the rules for that. Or they're songwriters and they just want to write better songs. Um, so all of that is music consulting, a lot of career consulting. But uh, it, it, my consulting can be anything when I'm talking with somebody on Zoom. One day we can be totally focused on the songs they've done and really going piece by piece through the song. Another day, we could just be shooting that about what they want to do and how to get there and what the next steps are. Or we can talk, be talking about if they need to go to Nashville and do some production or if they need to buy some software or whatever it is. I mean, it's just a different thing for every single person. And and that's why for me, and we've we talked about this off air, but for me, it's hard to come up with an academy or even courses because sometimes I feel like any any information I put down, unless it's really basic information, like this is how you upload to Pond5, you know, um, that that can be for anybody. But how this is how you can have a successful career. I think that's a hard course to make because I don't I don't know who you are and what your background is and what your talents are. And if unless I know that and talk with you personally, I can't do that. So I, I, I see other people doing coaching and consulting and they I, I you know and there's only so many hours of the day. So how in the world do you do more than a, a certain it gets it's like teaching students uh if how would you do? You have eight students. How would you live if you had fifty? I mean, it would be like I, the, then there wouldn't be enough hours in the day to to do those kind of things. So, consulting is number two for me. It could go up to number one here shortly, but uh, then I, uh, as a matter of fact, after that we're done with these, I want to talk about the list as we'd like to see it here in just a minute. But um, but that's number two for me. What's number one for you? 
I think it's no, really that's that's cool. Um, I I think the the consulting th- stuff is really really interesting. I don't do I don't do any of that. Um, but and I think that that's uh. Will you offer that in the academy at all? No, not yet. Not yet. Plans? I simply just don't have the time for it. Yeah. Um, but I would I I, lo- I would like to do that. And I, I think it's I, what makes it interesting is that it's so subjective, right? You know, it's like like you said, there's you can't teach a course about that because there's so many roads that one could take to uh, success, um, and everyone's different and yeah you're so different yeah so that's that's really cool um number one uh for me is is just custom work like you know getting composing work uh film scoring um uh you know working for uh, for advertisements whatever it is um yeah that that's that's number one for me and it has been for a few years now and who are those clients are they are they just people that you know are they companies are they um, libraries who are who are these people it's com- it's companies um, it, it's yeah it's companies and I've been really just lucky personal relationships yeah so I've established a good working relationship with Patagonia uh, over the years and they've they've sent me a lot of work um, they uh, they have a, a, a food division called provisions um, and so I've did a, done a lot of work for them over the last few cool. years. And through through working with them, I've also kind of done, uh, I've, I've also that's led to other gigs, and um, it kind of you know kind of trickles down, and and you know we other people have heard seen the work, and I've scored a film uh, about a year and a half ago that hasn't been released yet, um, so I can't really talk about that, <laughs> uh, but yeah, those kinds of uh, those those kinds of jobs are what keep me afloat, and. Um, is that monthly income that they pay you? Do you are you on any kind of monthly payment, or they just pay you big payments chunks at a time? No, that and that's what's interesting is like that's why I was saying kind of earlier in, earlier in the podcast is that we like it, it could kind of think of it as annual because um, it's taken up to uh, a year to get paid for some of these contracts. Like wow. some some of them are very very long projects um, where the and the money's really good, but uh, they and they might give me an advance in in some cases uh but like the you know the entire job just takes so long um and this this that can happen and you have but you're not a one income family as well right you and your you're not married yet right no no i'm planning that out as we speak that's another full-time full-time job Um, (laughs) are you engaged are you guys planning a wedding yeah we're we're engaged um so well but still you're you're a two a two income family and that's what pays for things. And, um, that's, that's good to know because a lot of people, especially people who might be listening to this podcast are going, okay, but I need to support my whole family on this uh, with music and, uh, it, it, without another income. No, my wife's a stay at home mom, for, let's just say, and, or my husband's a stay at home husband and I'm a full-time music person, you know, that I have the full time. I have the responsibility of bringing in the bacon, or as you would say in Canada, the Canadian bacon. But um, anyway, <laughs> the back bacon, I should say. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you, get, you guys don't have that down there, don't you? Do you? No, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> it's a different cut from the pig. Oh, okay. Well, sounds good to me. It's good, man. Um, anything with bacon, that's all I need to know. Um, but speaking of bringing in the bacon, the number one thing for me, uh, the way I make music income and have for the last 21 years is basically being known as a music producer and producing music for people, for jobs, for uh, at one point it was for 
uh, jingles, and it was when I first started, and for you know local scores, local companies that needed not just jingles but music behind, similar to what you're doing for this company, and um, that paid very well. But then the indie revolution kind of hit hard, especially in the genres that I was in, which were studio, but certainly in the gospel world and the jazz world and and I've always been in those kind of genres but um yeah that's what I've done for 21 years and that's been the main thing I mean, it it kind of blends with my consulting because the consulting is built in so when a client's paying me let's say 3 400 dollars a month to work for them they're getting consulting and 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 like basically have a label to guide them along from writing to production to marketing and to releasing. But I'm also a lot of times actively being the producer who is either playing the keyboards or programming or mixing or doing background vocals, any one of those things, or contracting players, having it mixed by engineers in Nashville or players in that paid singers in Nashville, any anything that I have to do to produce the music and get it get it done. Uh, I do cross over into that pro- producer hat. And sometimes it's just executive producer and I just hire a producer. But still, it's music production. And then, um, again, we get into the marketing side and that's more into the consulting kind of thing. So those two, one and two really mix a lot for me, but that's that's the majority of my income. None of the other three things pay the bills. And my wife uh, does work part-time and so she she certainly is uh, a linchpin and and this because she brings in some cash and and stuff like that but i i would say this is our main income you know all all that i do and that's how we pay the mortgage and all those kind of bigger bills is through music production and uh, or i would say through music sources all these combined now let me start off with how I'd like my five to go, and this won't be a this won't be a long section. But I would like number one to be upfronts and um, sync payments. I would like to be getting placements where I'm getting one and two thousand dollar or higher placements every month from different pro- from different films or or different TV shows or different ads. That's what I'd like to be number one. And number two is my BMI checks. I would like that to be number two, my my PRO payments and and be completely doing, paying all the bills that I pay now on that. And then probably underneath that, consulting will be there likely because I I will always teach in some way. I, I enjoy helping people and teaching people. And so do you obviously. And it's just, it's, it's good to share that knowledge and it's hard not to, um, especially real experience. And, and, and if I do have those two, one and two incomes that are sync licensing based, believe me, I'm going to have to talk to people about how I did that because they're going to want to know what the journey was and how to get there. Um, and then I don't plan to stop doing stock music. That's fun to do. Stock is what I consider B and C library type stuff. You know, it's it's. Uh, I don't consider it B or C music. It's still high quality music, but it's it's so low paying and so iffy, depending on how these libraries decide to close down or what or whatever. That you know. You can't you can't necessarily depend on it, but hey, it's nice uh, extra income. It's like a part time job, so I'll keep that up. And then um, streaming income should also rise from 
you know, having uh, licensing things and people shazamming songs they hear on a TV show and, and finding that. So um, that's how I hope things flow. How about you? Uh, yeah, sim- similar. And I was going to make this uh, the same point about uh, about the sync uh, or the uh, the stock music stuff. Um, idea in an ideal world, uh, number one would would remain uh, what it is, which is composing, custom composing. I love I love doing it. Um, it brings in good money, and uh, you know I feel confident about it, and and it's, it's something I truly truly enjoy doing. I'm very passionate about it. I'd love to do more film scoring for like indie films or even like you know bigger films if it comes to that. But um, you know I love writing music for for you know jingles for for ads too, and like and advertisement agencies and that kind of thing. It's it, you know I just I'm passionate about it. It's it's really fun. So hopefully that will continue to be uh, number one. I'm totally happy with that remaining at the top, um, but. Uh, number two, if, or if it became number one, sync licensing, like you said, upfront, uh, fees, um, if that was, if that became, uh, you know, my number one source of income, I certainly wouldn't complain. I, I'd be, I'd be, I'd love that. I'd be really, really happy. I see all that together, Steve, stock, sync, production for, you know, uh, for clients, um, all of that is composing income. It is. It, it, that's a that's that's a good point, and you know, and it's all kind of exactly. It's all under the same same roof, and um, so which is you know to say that as long as I'm kind of like I'm able to sit down at my studio desk here and like write music, and then I'm happy. You know, like ultimately I'm happy. Exactly. I think I think what at the end of the day, what what I'm less passionate about is teaching. Like you know, I I love my students, and 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 it's, it's no knock against them. Um, but like that if that were to go down to to you know uh number five or like if if i stopped doing it i wouldn't or or if you only taught through your academy exactly yeah and and sorry and to be specific i'm talking about guitar uh teaching guitar like because uh, in terms of teaching production like i love that like that i'm much more passionate about uh you know the production work i'm doing these days Uh, i love playing guitar obviously but like you know um i I, i'm finding it difficult to work in the the guitar lessons into my schedule these days uh with everything else going on um Another ideal scenario would be streaming income. You know, if I was able to uh, to to boost the profile of my Spotify or whatever, and I was getting like you know a, a heavy number of uh, streams, um, that would be super cool, man. Like you know, I, I would love it if uh, if that was bringing in you know you know thousands of dollars a month or something like that. That'd be uh, that'd be incredible. So, I think we're basically just like what most listeners are to this podcast, and most people on Discord, and most people who watch our video channels. We're composers who just want to make our full income composing and getting it out there. That's that's the way we want. And and then underneath of that, sharing our experience. And I think this, that's what this podcast is going to be. When we say make music income, I think everybody wants to make music income making the music they want to make. And to me, that's what my whole channel was about was follow my journey. And and this podcast is about follow our you know Steve and I's journey as we uh, separately work through similar types of 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 music making and music income making, and uh, that's that's I think uh, the best that we can do is give you our personal experience week by week, and video by video, and podcast by podcast, and uh, just showing you how it's working or not working for us. And I think that's the key. And and you can listen to lots of people like us who are doing the same thing. It, it's the people that 
talk about it without doing it that I would watch out for. But um, that's the only thing I don't really like. Yeah, and it's and and it's good to it's good to like chat about this and state uh, the like in kind of goal set. You know what I mean by like talking about what we would like to see as number one because um, I think that we'll get there. You know, I'm confident that we'll get there. And I, I'm touching on something that you mentioned um, uh, earlier there about how the the kind of flaky nature of stock music and and almost in a in a weird way, even though it's become like the uh, number two or yeah, number two um, source of income for me. I sort of feel like it's like a bit of a fairy tale. I hate to sound like I'm cynical about it because I think I'm going to have a good year next year too. Like I'm optimistic about it, but, yeah, but in, in many ways I do feel like it's um, maybe not as sustainable as, as some people think. I mean, it's, it's changed so dramatically in the last few years alone. Um, I mean, we've seen these like massive shifts, uh, f- you know, on audio jungle um, and, Look, I mean, you know, I had a good year, but uh, at the end of the day, it's like um, the, the income go, goes up and down. Uh, I have good months and bad months. Uh, there's not a lot. There's not a ton of consistency there. Uh, I think, you know, like I said, I'm optimistic about it. But the what I, you know, realistically, the way I'm looking at everything is like the real money is in um, is in these composing contracts, and it's in like sync licensing, and which is a long term game. It's a long term game, and it took me, you know, years and years to establish um, the relationships that I have today. And it will take me more years uh, from now and before I start seeing, uh, you know, big PRO income from, uh, from uh, and sync, you know, upfront sync fees. I mean, these are just yeah. things that like you've talked about this a lot. lot. They just take time and it takes patience in the same way that took a lot of patience for me to um, find the composing work, right? So uh, yeah, but I mean, in, in terms of stock licensing, it's it's a great foot in the door, though, you know, and 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 that uh, is has been a great introduction into the sync licensing world. But I do feel that it's subject to change all the time, and there's there's not a lot of consistency there, and we're, there's no guarantee um, that uh, you know a Motion Array is going to keep uh, paying me every you know every month. There's anything yeah. can change. So we all got scared a few months ago they were going to move to a yearly pay model, and that would really change. Uh, a lot of people's in, uh, monthly incomes. And uh, so, well, I think this has been a really cool discussion. And I, I hope that people out there are getting something out of this and, and really uh, understanding the, the, the realities of making uh, a music income, especially if it's going to be your only income. I know a lot of people who listen to this have day gigs. And uh, from time to time, I have day gigs. You know, I have a a church gig or a teaching gig or something like that. And so, but um, music income is, talk about uh, stock music's being iffy. The entire music business is iffy. Um, and so uh, you could lose any job tomorrow that you're doing for music when some client or somebody just decides not, they don't need to do it because it's not as important as, uh, you know, COVID or whatever world event that's going on. So, um, but don't want to end on a low note. I, I think it's it's there's so many opportunities to make income out there, especially in licensing this uh, more and more, and it's only growing, especially sync licensing. That world and opportunities are only growing. That's why you see so many people looking at it and talking about it. Is because at, while we're sitting here, 
A hundred more TV shows have been planned. I want to end on a positive uh, note myself here because uh, okay. I did want to, and I won't um, uh, drag this on too long, but the I did want to mention that the, there was one takeaway I had from your interview with uh, Tamara and uh, also the, uh, the the taxi video that I watched uh, for new members. Um, my my real takeaway from that is that like in turn like you have to build catalog and in order to build catalog you need to just like come uh you need to write bounce submit and repeat you know there's no time for waiting around for a response there's no time for listening back to your to your work like uh, you know like there's just no time just just Get it out the door. As Tamara said, don't be too precious with each song, you know? Don't treat it as like this precious treasure that you can't let go of. Get it done, finish it, like it, and then move on. If you need someone to listen, there are Discord groups and there are different things and you can get feedback in a lot of different ways. And guess what? Taxi is going to be feedback for you. They're going to they're going to tell you why it's not acceptable for this. It's going to be a great learning experience if nothing else. You need to you need um, to keep the train rolling, and and this can and this uh, this idea of like getting past this perfectionist mindset can be applied to to other aspects of your life too, and like not just music composition and production, like put that same uh, philosophy to uh, to work with regards to networking as well. Um, you know, send out emails to people, uh, try to make some connections, but don't wait around you know, for an answer, yep. like, like 99% of the time you don't hear back or it's rejection. That is the nature of the, of, of the arts industry in general. It's just, uh, it's a lot of rejection and there's, you know, a lot of people like you doing the same thing. So don't, you, you can't wait around in, in an anxious state waiting for that response. Um, you know, the, the, the way I got my foot in the door with, with, uh, with, with composing was like, I, I wrote a director, you know, like I wrote, I, I found, I saw someone's work that I really liked. It was like, you know, long story short, a friend of mine showed me a video and I loved it so much that I just sent the director. Uh, I found her online and sent her a, a friendly email just being like, Hey, I really enjoyed your work, you know, and, and I'm, my name's Steve and I write music like, you know, love to work with you sometime. That simple, short, sweet, just, I heard back from her a year later. Yeah. I didn't wait around for her. Like I didn't, I never expected a response in the first place. Yeah. And I think many of us have done that before. I, re- I remember back when I was a teenager or 20 something, I would write a song and I'd send it to a publisher and I would wait and I would wait and I'd wait and I'd wait. But I was always a pretty prolific writer. So I was always creating new things. Catalog is paramount. More and more catalog. Songwriters come to me and say, oh, I've got these 10 songs. I'm like, well, how many more do you have? Oh, that's all I have. You've got to have a hundreds of songs and i think that goes for all of these things streaming income royalties stock music any kind of uh sync licensing you're going to do you better have a huge catalog and that's not meant to to drag you down say oh i don't have enough that's meant to inspire you to make more songs always have more song ideas going join taxi and just write for the briefs if nothing else or 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 Work with a partner who you you write things together with, and just write more catalog. Yeah, and and, and don't worry if the songs suck. You know, like the 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 process of of repeating this over and over again will make you better. Like they, yeah. no no one started out being like a great composer or a great music producer. No one. Like it just it just takes time, 
you know, like if I, when I listen to the, some of the, the, the work I, I did like two years ago, it makes me cringe, you know, yeah. but it's, it's the, it's the idea that you just need to get it out. You need to get it done and move on. Yeah. Absolutely. So don't be precious. Absolutely. And then find ways to make these your music income, like, uh, like we've been talking about today. And I'll try to put all the links to the different things we've talked about in the show notes below of the podcast. You can now find this podcast on all the major podcasts, uh, especially uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but you can also find it now on Google Podcasts. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it pretty much, uh, it seems like the RSS feed is sending it everywhere now. And uh, I've, I've put us in the main places. So if you, you can also just go straight to our Anchor page and that is also in the show notes down below if you'd rather listen online. So thanks so much for listening. And uh, any, uh, Steve, great stuff, man. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, great chat. See you next week. Okay. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Just a reminder to check out makemusicincome.com and productionmusicacademy.com. And you can find us both on YouTube as well. We both post regular content there. You can find me at Stevie B Production Music Academy and Eric's channel is called Make Music Income. We'd love to see you there. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe to our content. Also, feel free to join us in the Make Music Income Discord server. Lots of great conversation going on in there, and you can share your work and connect with other like-minded folks. It's a great community. So thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode. Take care.